Welcome from the great state of Georgia, about 100 miles southwest of somewhere called Columbus, Georgia, Fort Benning of Atlanta, Georgia. Coming up, the natural alternatives to improving your health. Are you ready for this one? According to naturopathic wellness doctor Brenna Murphy, understanding what foods are best for you can come from your blood type and antigens. You won't want to miss this. That's coming up next in the Bob Jessel Personal Show. power. People positive. The community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. Oh, it is. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. Mm. Healthy tea at that. Green tea. Oh, <laughs> hey, Dr. Brenna Murphy's here in the house sitting hey, across Bob. from me. How funny this is. It's like it's just the 180 what normally happens when I would come see you. You're the one doing the interviewing, and I'm, I'm sitting there in a chair, and you're telling me what I want to hear. But I, I'm taking the place uh, of you, and you're my guest today. <laughs> yeah, I can finally see you at work instead of the other way around. Exactly. Isn't it so nice? You know, I've known you for some time, oh, quite a long time, and you are with a uh, naturopathic uh, clinic. And, in fact, uh, naturopathic medicine, Dr. Brenna Murphy, tell us first what this all means to people, a naturopathic doctor. So... Um, my business partner and I, Dr. Elizabeth Cantrell, are naturopathic doctors, and what that means is we went to a four-year medical school, but it's a specialty four-year medical school, almost like podiatrists or dentists go to a specialty medical school, um, and we're trained as family practice doctors, but in addition to all of the basic anatomy, physiology, biochemistry that a medical doctor learns, we also do a deep dive into herbal medicine using vitamins for medicine to affect biochemistry we learn some counseling because we do so much lifestyle counseling. We even learn chiropractic type manipulation. So it's a very, very broad specialty. But what we're really specialists in and experts in is how all of the body systems link together and how to actually improve body function. Where your standard medical doctor's expertise is how to stop disease from happening. And that's where drugs work really, really well to say there's a process going out of control. We need to stop it in its tracks you know, come in with a pharmaceutical, we work to say, why is that process out of control in the first place? What can we do to enhance and improve body functions so it's not out of control so you don't need the drug? Whether you're already on the drug and we get you well enough to, not know, to no longer need it or hopefully prevent you needing the drug in the first place. Or sometimes you do need the drug long-term, um, something like thyroid um, replacement. Unfortunately, thyroids don't heal amazingly well. Right. But what can we do to make sure that we're supporting your use of that medication? Um, and so that's what we do. That's it, that's it in a nutshell, and that, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to clear that up first because I mm -hmm. want people to understand that. People who know me, they all know that, Bob, you're like this health nut, mm -hmm. you're this and that. And we're going to get into it later about mm -hmm. my COVID that I had, and we're, mm -hmm. I think I'm still having effects of that, but we'll, we'll get into that first. But what really is drawing the attention of these people today is about our blood type and whatnot. And, and I, when I first met you, I, I think my first thing was, hey, I was going to a chiropractor in Ahwatukee, uh, Arizona, before I came back to Columbus, this area here in 2006. And it, this Dr. Cajun was there and he had, he was, he was a chiropractor and he had a naturopathic uh, uh, person over here. And then his medical doctor was in the same building. So if there was something here, he felt, hey, you need more medical uh, doctor, mm -hmm. maybe more uh, of medicine rather than homeopathic or more of a chiropractic or acupuncture or something else that would mitigate pain, whatever it may be, it gives you kind of a, a nice broad spectrum. And that's what I always said to you, and, and you're very open with mm -hmm. that as well. So just so people are clear on that as well, you know, somebody had cancer, they do come to you. You get mm -hmm. the same patients that maybe a medical doctor would yeah. be, but how do you approach that? So with something extremely serious like cancer, we really want to work alongside the conventional approach 
and support people in the best choice is going to have the highest chance of success. And actually, we're lucky now in Georgia to have one of the branches of Cancer Treatment Centers of America that's built exactly like you were talking about, Bob, where it's naturopaths next to nutritionists, next to oncologists, all working together to bring the best of every single therapy into play. I will say cancer because of um, because it is so intense. Either we're often coming in alongside chemo, or more often coming in after to help people recover from doing chemotherapy or radiation. But say something like diabetes, either we're working to try to help people get well enough that they're recovering from diabetes because you can actually early enough in the process get your body healthy enough to not no longer have diabetes, or supporting them if they have to be on something like metformin or even insulin. You know, what are the other effects of diabetes? How do we keep your kidneys really healthy? How do we keep your circulation really healthy? Those microcapillaries and those nerve endings that are still going to be damaged, what can we do to mitigate the long-term effects and keep you as well as possible um, so you can live the life that you want to live, whatever that is to you? In my mind, I have everybody in my pocket. I got my medical doctor here. I got my specialist here. I got my naturopathic doctor, you and all those people. And the irony is, after I had seen you and I came to you for many issues with allergies and whatnot, um, we even did stuff for sinus cleansing where you would stick long, um, and it's, it doesn't, it's not as bad as it, it is, but it's, it's just a long cotton, it's a cotton swab at the end, but you know, the real long one with the stick. And you'd put all kinds of essential oils in my nose. And let me tell you that one time I had to go speak somewhere. You go, Bob, I'll get you through the weekend. It may not last. And it did. It got mm-hmm. me through to get my voice open and stop the drainage. But then what it did was it parlayed me into this other thing where when I go to you as my naturopathic doctor and even your medical doctor, anybody should always be able to talk freely with your doctors and, and say, I said, Dr. Murphy, I said, you know, I, I, when I was in Phoenix, I read this book called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try to do some of the stuff, but it didn't really do it the right way. And then you said, well, Bob, it's partway there, but you need to test your blood. Mm-hmm. Take us on that journey. Because once you did that, I got to tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell everybody, mm-hmm. it changed my life. And I'll explain what I'm mm-hmm. saying in just a moment. But yeah, So the Eat Right for Your Blood Type um, was actually written by one of the alumni from my medical school last year. And it's the idea that different blood types have different, what's called antigens, basically bumps on them that if you eat a certain food and it has a it looks similar enough to the bump on your blood cell you'll cross react and have inflammation and while that's good we find much more benefit in looking at which foods you have an immune reaction to a little more broadly Um, and that's something that just to give you a quick rundown often is called food allergies but it's a little incorrect and this is where okay that's good i I need to make sure because i think i slipped and said it to a few people it's not food allergy that's right i got to be careful with that and that's really commonly seen on blogs and on the internet and that's a lot of times why conventional doctors sort of have a pushback when you say oh i'm allergic to 12 foods it's because the terminology is a little messy So a true food allergy is, um, and not to get too scientific, but it's an IgE response, meaning that it's the same way you react to like a bee sting or shrimp or poison ivy. It's really, really quick. You swell, you get itchy, you have a histamine release. That's a food allergy. Um, You can also have a food intolerance is where you don't digest something well. Lactose intolerance is a really common one where you drink milk, you get a rumbly tummy or, you know, indigestion, gas, bloating. um, Terrible. A food hypersensitivity or food sensitivity is what we're talking about here. And that's the more insidious reaction to food where instead of reacting really quickly, it actually can take hours to days to have a food reaction. And that's the same way that we react to viruses and bacteria. That's an IgG reaction. 
And for those of you who have gotten the COVID vaccine, thank you for that. You have had that delayed hypersensitivity after the vaccine where you felt funky and you felt a little sick. You felt like you had a fever maybe or achy. Those are delayed hypersensitivity symptoms. Now, when you eat a food because it's not going directly into your tissues like the vaccine did and it's a smaller amount that your body sees, it's not as obvious as, you know, something like getting a cold or getting a vaccine. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah, I get, you know, and this is good because I, 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 I see the difference in that. So people have to understand the difference between food intolerances, food allergies, and mm-hmm. even from vaccines sometimes how your body responds mm-hmm. to that. It, that's, a, that's a good way to, I don't say equate the two, but to, mm-hmm. to try to make some sort of parallel. Here, this is neat. Um, when I came to you, just, I'm just going to, I'll never forget this. I ate mussels. Folks, I love mussels. I'm a fish guy. I love shellfish. Any kind of fish, I love it. My favorite, I actually had sardines earlier, the mega-3s, which I know you'd be proud of me for that, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Omega-3s are great. (laughs) Good. So that's good. I keep that up because I know it's good for, it thins the blood, and I have all Mm -hmm. kinds of weird blood stuff and all that. We talked about that. I have a propensity of, I just look at it, my cholesterol goes up, and that's, Mm -hmm. we already talked about it's genetics, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So I try to, to, I know I have genetics to be predisposed to these triglyceride Mm -hmm. issues and everything else on my mom's side and the the Sicilian side, I guess, Mm -hmm. for my granddad. It's funny how it gets passed through. So I, you know, I, I don't smoke as a result. I don't excessively drink, you know, those things. I try to, to help that out. But you touched on something about inflammation. So inflammation is obviously the granddaddy of, is that fair to say, of our body's response to something that mm-hmm. your body's like, uh-uh, it's not working with mm-hmm. me. Now, is that that little bump on the blood thing when we test our antigen? Mm-hmm. Would that be right, maybe in a sense, as it inflames with food? So it's, to back up, so inflammation is a good thing when we need it and okay. a bad thing when it's out of control. And the question is, what feeds the inflammation? So think of it like a fire. If we didn't have fireplaces or, in this case, electric heaters, we'd be cold and we probably wouldn't survive the winter. So that's kind of good inflammation. Bad inflammation is when you have a forest fire. Um, and so with the allergy piece, to go back to why that funky nasal swab thing worked, is we were draining your sinuses or why pulling the foods out helped your allergies overall is we were taking away fuel from the fire. So with the blood type, it's your body is getting fuel from your blood cells inappropriately. That's, that is wonderfully explained. That makes sense. So then the muscles that came back from that blood antigen test, I don't know how many years ago that was, how many, I don't know, it had to be a decade ago, probably at least, it went berserk. I mean, that, that one, you, I remember you saying, Bob, pretty interesting, but there's one food you, and you got into it, you said, Bob, like maybe once a month. That doesn't mean you never can live with that one food <laughs> item again. But I got to tell you something, I learned to live without muscles because I can eat clams and I love, I love <laughs> uh, squid. I, not that I eat, live and eat on it every day. It's not great, but I'll have oysters, things <laughs> like that. But it's wild that you, you said that. And I'll tell you that had to be the granddad of it all because I used to have it like maybe at least every three weeks. I lo- I mix it with my spaghetti. I'd mm-hmm. make like a sauce. My wife, I'd dump them in her. She never, she loved it and had a, never had a problem. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you there's actually a package of mussels in a freezer, deep freezer. They're still there. 
we just cured them. I don't know if it's just there to remind me not to eat them. And my wife won't eat them either. I don't know yeah, why. At she, this point, you probably old. nobody should eat mussels probably that are decades old. Probably because they're old right now. But they are. They're frozen. So <laughs> it's so funny. But it is kind of that mental thing. I try to explain it to people. Yeah, the the Best Buy data on it says you know I think 2011 or something. Well, to go back to the fire analogy, the yeah. way I always explain it to people is: some foods are leaves and twigs. Some foods are logs. Some foods are gasoline. And some foods are napalm. So with the blood testing, the nice thing about that approach to figuring out which foods are problems for you is not only does it identify which foods are flammable in your body, but also what level of fire fuel are they. So we get one-star foods that are leaves and twigs. We get two-star foods that are logs. We get three-star foods that are gasolines, gasoline. And once we've identified all of them, we pull them out temporarily, do a lot of work to fix your digestive tract, and then attempt to put them back in. Now, occasionally foods are napalm, and they can be a one-star food, a two-star food, a three-star food. But napalm is going to set you on fire no matter when you eat it. But in a good situation where we pull out the foods, we heal your digestive tract, it's not good for the environment. But you can pour gasoline on a pile of logs, leaves, and twigs as long as it's on a nice, wet, grassy field, and nothing happens other than you waste gasoline and poison the ground, which is not a good thing. But right. you have to have the spark to catch that, to make that fire happen. And that's our goal. Is Our goal is to never restrict you forever, but it's to take you through a healing process. And then sometimes the foods can come back. Because, yeah, you can, you know, even now you see it by the highway all the time mm -hmm. where there's a little tiny fire that caught and put itself out because somebody threw something out of their car. Um, so that's for you the... You know, for you, the muscles may be napalm, but something like corn or green beans or gluten, you might be able to have a little bit every once in a while or have it completely come back um, and be fine. I'm glad you said that analogy is perfect to, to, for me to tell everybody because it's exactly what has happened to me. You said to back off of these foods, whether it's a one star, two star or three star, three star would, would be my muscles, right? In mm -hmm. a sense, it's the napalm. Um, well, the gasoline. The gasoline. For you. The gasoline for me. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I have... What I do is when I know that my allergy season's in play right now, that's when I particularly back off of my, I had a gluten and a lot of wheat stuff. Not mm -hmm. that it's an intolerance, not that I can't have it, not that I blow up like a balloon, but it did show that there was some irritation and I ate a lot. So I, I, cho I choose Ezekiel bread, but I've mm -hmm. got myself so trained in Ezekiel bread, if anyone knows, from the Old Testament. And if you're somebody who's Christian or, or Jewish, where it may be in the old Torah, it, God gave these commandments. And one of mm -hmm. them through is this is how you make bread through spelt and certain different things and lentils or beans or whatever sprouts. And I eat it because it doesn't have the gluten, nor does it have. Well, again, we talk about wheat, not that wheat's bad. And then for you, it may be good for me. Mm -hmm. It just irritates me. But it, it may be the gluten in it or you know, we put pesticides on it too. And I know that has a lot, that's a whole nother mm -hmm. topic too, is pesticides or food. I try to eat it organic as possible. That's, that's another element to this. But, um, you know, at Elements Natural Medicine, that's where you work. Um, you, you know, when I went there, you, you told me this and I started to follow it closely. There's some days I'll go back and have an ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, what was very interesting, you said to me, you go, Bob, you'll notice when you try to introduce those to put out the, the, the leaves and twigs, they'll start to put themselves out, which is true, it did. When I avoided them for some time, mm -hmm. I brought a little fuel back into the equation and it, it ignited, but not as bad, mm -hmm. and, but it was enough to give me like a little headache. Mm -hmm. Why did that happen? And, and that was very interesting because you said that. So what happens when we take out the foods kind of in the short term, and short term is a month to two months right. initially, 
we clear the smoke. And then when you go and like kind of throw a Dixie cup or throw some leaves and twigs on an area that used to be smoldering, you can see if it catches. And because your body gets so used to a background level of discomfort, you feel fine. And you, you know, a lot of people say, oh, no, I don't have any symptoms of foods. But then when you clear that smoke away and you actually get the body back to a healthier baseline and then a food comes back in, we have a mix of the immune system still be pretty, being pretty activated against the food and lack of other symptoms. So your body can feel much more specifically like, hey, that food's a problem. So um, for me, I did a version of a food elimination way back in medical school and had to test to see which foods are issues for me. And eggs are one of my challenges. Oh, where, so, oh thank goodness I don't have that problem. Um, and so I kind of similarly, when I mm -hmm. ate one egg, I was fine. I ate two eggs, I was fine. And I did sort of a, a different approach um, but I, the first food I put back with was eggs, and by the time I ate my sixth egg in one day, I had a really bad headache. And I don't get headaches. That's not one of my ongoing challenges. And so now, sometimes I'll eat eggs for breakfast because it's easy, but I'll notice after a couple of weeks, all of a sudden I'm getting headachey, and I'm like, what's going on? Oh, I'm eating eggs too much. And it's an inflammation. So our body treats inflammation kind of like a bucket, and that's um, where you can handle a certain amount. But if your bucket is full then any little bit of extra water makes it overflow. And so during pollen season, ramping back on the foods that you know cause inflammation will help you handle the external in, you know, the external triggers that we can't avoid. Um, so similarly, I notice like I'm much more allergic to cats during pollen season makes than sense. I am, you know, not during my allergy season. That's very interesting. And and that of course comes into play why why we do this. And, mm -hmm. and I was always very open-minded to this. And when I met you, it took, took a little while. Um, it's not an inexpensive test either. So people are probably wondering at this point, so what do we need to do? How can I get on board now mm -hmm. and get this test done? So yeah, the test, it, because of how insurance covers everything in you know America, this right. is an out-of-pocket expense, sure. unfortunately. But compared to what you would spend on allergy medication and missing work and all those things, you know, it's, it's a good investment. Um, you can do the test through our office. And interestingly, there are actually some companies now where you can just do the test yourself. And I think Everly Well is one that if you're not in the Columbus area and you're interested in this, you can actually order the food antigen test um, online yourself. Okay. And I would say it's around 200 to $300 um, the test plus a report and a guide. I think this is about what I paid for you, so it hasn't changed much. That's yeah. good. That's so yeah, good. the yeah, test. It's um, yeah, it's. Can I tell you, it's two hundred to three hundred dollars well yeah. spent. Yeah. I, I'm telling anybody this. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, inflammation, like you said, has its purpose. It's a good point. But when the water overflows with too much inflammation, mm -hmm. obviously you're, you're ready to say, "I got to drain. Got to drain this. Mm -hmm. This is crazy." But um, what a difference it makes because what happens is, I'll tell folks as you do that first 10 days, it felt like, oh my gosh, withdrawals. I was like, I got to have this. I got to have the muscles. I got to, it was so tough. Mm -hmm. um, and it did, you're right. If you just fell off the wagon a little bit and you try to bring that food back, it was like, ooh, your body said, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You just got rid of me. And now you're bringing it, you're introducing it back. But it's interesting that I have athletic induced, induced asthma. I've been diagnosed with the, the last five years of my life. Seems like once I get over 50, everything just kind of hits a fan. I had one doctor say, hey, did you ever smoke? I said, no, I, you know, I grew up in a smoking household. I grew up in the steel belt, and I'm sure it's not just blame my parents for all the smoking, but it was really the air quality was horrendous. That's why I'm a big air quality advocate and stuff like that. 
but you know, good science in the middle. I always say that. But the steel plants were puffing, and the the, the del- we were downwind from the Republic Steel, Bethlehem Steel, all these steel plants, which were what made our economy, which made us, you know, real proud iron workers up there and that. But all that would blow right into the south, south towns, and we inhaled that stuff as a kid. We all had bronchitis growing up. It was just like, you're going to get bronchitis. Mm-hmm. You have it. I had it every year. Hadn't had bronchitis until like, it was about five years ago. I get bronchitis, and all of a sudden, as I'm running, I'm doing this, and I'm doing a rescue once in a while, inhaler, which means that's more acute. So when you're feeling symptoms of short of breath, you, that's an acute-solving problem. But then there's other things to do. And, you know, when that happens, like you said, I, I start doing the regiment that you gave. I pull out the old sheets, which is really neat what Elements Natural Medicine does, and I don't know if other naturopathic doctors do it, but your approach is pretty interesting. You like, you're old-fashioned. You like taking a piece of paper. You'll write it right down with your hand, and I like that. I mean, it seems more personal. It's like a personal letter to you. You can hang out in your refrigerator and remember, Bob, do this, this, that, and the other. And, I, and I've done it for other elements, uh, or mm-hmm. should I say ailments, not elements, uh, ailments of, uh, in my body, such as my prostate health and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So tell yeah. us about that. I think that's just a very, let people know what it's like. You go to, you get this antigen test, you show up. Mm-hmm. Should they see the naturopathic doctor first and then ask them to get the, the, the test, or should they order online beforehand? So I would say if you have a pretty clear health history and the major issues you have are allergies or digestive issues, then you probably can navigate the test by yourself. If you have a complicated health history, meaning you have two or three things happening that are, especially if they're in different body systems, so say you have an autoimmune disease plus some digestive issues plus migraines, then I would definitely sit down with um, either myself or Dr. Cantrell, my business partner, because it's not just about throwing the test at the wall. We want to, you know, get the right information in the right order and take the right steps in the right order. Um, but once we do that test and get those results, yeah, I do like to do a physical copy, especially since there's a lot of things to remember. It's nice to be able to like literally carry it into the grocery store and like, <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and look at it. Um, it does. But, it, it's very, per- I got it. I don't know if I never told you this, mm-hmm. but it's very personal. I felt it's very personal. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I mean, the, the romance of a cork and a wine bottle. If you get rid of that, it's mm-hmm. wine, drinking wine isn't the same, right? Mm-hmm. But, but there's something about you writing that. And it, it's, it's my personal letter to me in a sense. So I, I just had to say that. It's just interesting. Um, the other part of that is sometimes it's me being mean because you might have reacted to one part of a food, but not others. So a really common one is, so two of the main proteins in dairy are casein and whey. And if you know little Miss Muffet, nursery rhyme mm-hmm. from way back, right. sat on a tuffet eating her curds and whey. Well, casein is in the curds, whey is in the liquid. Um, and you could react to casein or whey, but not react to one of the cheeses, but they still have casein and whey in them. So part of it too is I have to catch all the foods that you can't have um, to make sure... Sense. The elimination pays off because, again, going back to the fire, is you can't put a fire out if you keep throwing a Dixie cup of gasoline on it or a leaf or a twig. And the elimination process, as you can speak to this, Bob, is it's simple, but it's not easy. You really have to be on guard, especially those first couple months where we're taking out anything that can put you know catch fire. So you don't want to go through that five times. You want to do it once well and then be done with it for a long time. So, you know, we do tend to cast a broad net and really pull well, anything that you might react to. Very specific, I got to tell mm-hmm. everybody. It was so specific. And, and it's fun read. And I have mm-hmm. to, I'll break it out. But I know it so well now. I, I know I know exactly what to do. And I, my kids and my wife, some people think I'm obsessive and mm-hmm. silly about it. And I did it for years. Um, 
I mean, faithfully to the point where I was, I was almost doing what the opposite, what you told me, you go, Bob, it's okay to bring some of them back occasionally. So you can enjoy life and have some of those, but I'm the type of, my personality is as such. I just like, like a gauntlet. I said, that's it. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. Cause I wanted to see, and I got to tell you, it made a difference when I get a little bit more of this congestion and stuff, mm-hmm. it comes back and sp- specifically saying allergies in this particular reference for me. I, I'm like, okay, you know what? I, you know, I, I'm going to try to drift off a little bit. You talked about the casein and whey mm-hmm. being Italian heritage and growing up mm-hmm. Italian. It was provolone, mozzarella. It was mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I, I got to avoid those, but I was able to eat Swiss cheese was one of the things mm-hmm. on there. And I'll get Swiss and people look at me and go, why are you doing Swiss? And there's nothing worse when you go to a place to go, I'm telling you, this generation, mm-hmm. Swiss cheese, what, what's that? It's a cheese that's got holes in it. What do you mean you don't know what Swiss cheese is? <laughs> but then I won't mention the place that never has Swiss cheese. It's like, why don't you have Swiss cheese? I don't like cheddar. I can't eat it. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. But but you get you get used to it and you know how to buy it. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I don't have a tree nut allergy. Would that be correct? Hypersensitivity. Hypersensitivity. Or sensitivity. Okay, then that's what my youngest daughter has. She's till the point that she gets... Uh, Epileptic shock. Okay, so that's an allergy. Then. Allergy. Yes. Okay, so then she's that's an allergy deal, and uh, we have to avoid all kind of stuff mm-hmm. with tree nuts. And she's reads it. This kid is good. I mean, she's better mm-hmm. than me. She goes, Dad, you're going to give this to me, and it has traces of tree nuts. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, geez, I'm sorry. But I, you know, mm-hmm. so you got to be your best advocate is where I'm getting mm-hmm. at. Whether you're you know you're a teenager to yeah. mm-hmm. adulthood, and it, it's well worth it. It's worth it. I'll say it again. It's worth it if that's, and I'm not, I'm just not speaking for the price, but I'm, if it is a two to $300 mm-hmm. thing, what a great investment in yourself. Mm-hmm. You go to the gym, you work out or whatever you may do. Why not put that back into place? And one of the things that does come up and you, people might be wondering, is like, why not just do an elimination diet, like the gaps diet or the API diet. And one of the things that we have found, um, we've been in business for over a decade now is with the food allergy test, it's looking at anywhere from 100 to 184 foods. And you're never going to pull 184 foods randomly. And every single person that I've seen, yes, may react to gluten, may react to casein, may react to kind of the common ones that get pulled. But just like you, Bob, they always have some other funky reactions happening that you would never think to pull. I had one woman who had chronic migraines, and we did the, the food allergy test um, and almost nothing came back, and I felt really bad because I was like, oh, this isn't the answer we were looking right, for. Yeah, the one thing that she reacted to really heavily was dill, and she's like, I eat dill pickles every single day. She pulled dill. Okay, Her migraines yeah. were significantly improved. You would never pull dill on a general elimination diet. Yeah, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, so I definitely think the the, t- the money that goes into the test, balanced out with the effort and the information you get, doing yes. it through a blood test is what we have found over and over again, the easiest, fastest way to get the results you're seeking because there's no guessing and we're not missing anything. You know, and with inflammation, we do want to empty the bucket. But like I said, you know, if you're taking out, you know, the two biggies, gluten and dairy, but you're still eating mussels or you're still eating dill and you're wondering why you still feel sick and then you just throw the whole thing out the window and say, forget it, I'll just, you know, take a drug or deal with it. Like we've missed that opportunity for you to truly heal and it is annoying. Like the food, the elimination process is not fun. It's it, not horrible, but it's not fun. That dedication makes a difference because I'm from the point of view, and this is just in my opinion, I am. What is it again for the 19 year old? What's the acronym for in my opinion? I am. Uh, I am O. Oh, is that yeah. it? Yeah, I am O. Okay. I'm or it's o. like, uh, 
This is Dylan, our director, by the way. Oh, yeah, Dylan, wait, put me... yourself on camera for Hi, a second. Hi, guys. Because I got a question to ask Dylan in a second because he was pretty, oh. you were pretty geared up about this. You're kind of I stoked. was, but then I really need to blood test. You were stoked, dude. So tell us, what, <laughs> what, what do you think of this so far? Um, I actually, I got the Eat Right for Your Blood Type book, but then, I, so I went to my, I, I, t- I am on Accutane, so I have to take um, blood tests like monthly. And I went to my dermatologist and I was like, can I get my blood type? Because I can't donate blood to get my blood type. And he was like, we don't have it. And I was like, what do you mean you don't have it? But so I've been thinking about doing this for a Talk while to, now. T- Dr. So Murphy, I might. what would he do? What do we do for someone like a Dylan? So I would say in terms of thinking your blood type, it is something that everybody thinks their doctor knows. And it's rarely tested. But it's a very easy add-on and a very inexpensive add-on. So if you're getting blood done anyway... The yeah. doctor should be willing to just quickly they add should. that on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this it's will get like to a twenty message. buck test, maybe fifty on the outside. So, I mean, there are ways to get that. Um, now, I will say, skin is definitely one of those things that, and that's something we haven't gone through of like what right. things can yeah. be a, right. a you know sign of food intolerance or food sensitivity, and definitely anything skin related, whether it's acne, eczema, psoriasis. Um, lupus rosacea because in reality your skin and your digestive tract are all one contiguous surface yeah we think about the digestive tract as being inside but actually in medicine we actually consider an outside surface because it's you know in contact with the outside world inside is between the digestive tract and the skin so when you have digestive tract inflammation that's out of control it will often show up as skin and a really common connection we see that's well known is the asthma eczema um, allergy correlation and especially kids with asthma given lots of steroids young will often um, become or develop eczema or vice versa if they're giving topical steroids will also develop asthma because the lungs are also an outside surface even though they're tucked within our body that's interesting so therefore would it be safe to say that even when i have this athletic induced kind Mm -hmm. of you know asthma that comes up we throw in, you know, we know the pollen, I, grass pollen, obviously, I already did that, too, because I, I work with the Allergy Center here locally at Brookstone. Mm-hmm. They give me more accurate local pollen reports, and it seems like all the tree pollens that are excessive and wild, and everybody goes, gosh, I'm feeling lousy. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that don't seem to bother me, per se. It's the doggone grass, and I, mm-hmm. I love my outside. I do it, but that's when I really fire up around mm-hmm. May every time in the Deep South. When I was a kid growing up, <clears throat> pardon me, so I'm drinking tea right now, it was the ragweed in August, mm-hmm. in September, in upstate New York. I couldn't, that was my worst time. Mm-hmm. But now it's May that I've been a Southerner for mm-hmm. most of my life anyway. <clears throat> Pardon me again. See, I'm doing it now. Mm-hmm. And the right way to clear is, <sighs> hey, there you go from the, from the diaphragm. Yeah. Breathe deep. But, but if, that's, if that's the case, how, you know, I have all that and you can't really get away from it. Is there any way to kind of slow that down without having to be on an inhaler, let's say. And I'm not poo-pooing because there are people that have to use, you know, prescribed medication. And there's some from the pharmaceutical companies and some don't. So what, where, where's the balance there? So in general, it's, again, kind of goes back to decreasing inflammation where you can as much as you can, especially when you know that you're being triggered. And so steroids are a way to decrease inflammation in the body. And what I compare them to is using a fire extinguisher. And there are times you need a fire extinguisher. If you're if you have a grease fire on your stove, you don't ask step back and ask the question, why did this grease fire happen? What can I do to prevent <laughs> the grease fires? You put the fire out and then you do the work to say, okay, what can I do to never have this happen again? Um so, you know, and with the exercise induced asthma or acute asthma, 
you know, the steroids are keeping that at bay. And like I said, what we try to do is then say, what can we do to decrease the likelihood of a trigger? So pulling out foods that you know you're reactive to. Um, also, and this is something that's coming up as a kind of a more modern condition is histamine overload. Um, and it's called mast cell issues. Um, you know, it's kind of a newer problem. Mm -hmm. But it's where, in terms of the allergies, whether it's a tree nut allergy or asthma, where you have an excess of the chemical that actually causes the leaky fluids and itchiness called histamine that your body is not clearing effectively. So you always have too much of that causing inflammation. Then if you add foods on top of it as well, it can be just that perfect storm where your bucket is always half an inch from the top. That it is, doesn't take yeah. very much for it to overflow. That, that makes sense. No, that makes good sense. And I think that's probably what, when I went to, uh, I went to, uh, I was to use names, but it doesn't matter. Dr. Kettlehut, just recently, medical doctor now, she, you know, she got me on that story right away because we had a grease fire. I, I mean, I had a grease fire for me. I'm like, God, I, I'm trying to run here. And I'm, and that gets into our second half hour here of COVID because it was the COVID and we don't know enough about it. And, and it's funny because she had mentioned, she was Bobby, no, it sounds like a cop-out answer. We really don't know, really, because we don't know. It's mm -hmm. novel virus. And, and being a novel virus, it's like, you know, maybe years before we find out. I think we're learning as we go along. Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say for me, and I said it to my wife, she's like, gosh, Bob, I, I'm so in touch to my, in tune to myself. This is one of my worst years for that athletic induced asthma. Now, could COVID, you know, would you say hypothetically, or would we say it's clearing, you know, considering how many people you've talked mm -hmm. to, perhaps taking me over the edge a little bit? I would say yes, probably um, fairly, you know, absolutely, because we know COVID causes lung damage. Um, you know, we don't know exactly what the recovery is, so we are seeing recovery. But I think that combination, like you said, you had that toxic exposure in your youth, you know, plus COVID plus history of asthma, and then a grease fire, you know, that's like getting a third-degree sunburn and then going back out and getting another third-degree sunburn and then putting some baby oil on yourself and trying to get a deep tan. You know, it's just the same tissue as being damaged over and over again. So it's going to take a while to heal. Um, you know, and then with asthma, you know, you, if those of you that don't remember biology, your lungs are made up of tiny little sacs called alveoli. And anytime you have mucus, those sacs can either get full of mucus or the air can't get into them or they get sealed shut. So kind of like a runny nose in your lungs that you get a bunch that's a of... That's a great way of describing Yeah, that's a... I can... As you're saying, I'm, I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> I feel... <laughs> so, I'm like, whoa, I can feel that. I got to get that stuff yeah. out of there, but I got gotcha. you. But one of the things, um, often your body will produce mucus because it's soothing. You know, it's like putting aloe vera on that sunburn that I just talked about. So... There are times when one thing that your body's trying to do to heal is causing a new problem. And that's actually kind of, you know, I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not a virologist, but one of the things we're seeing with COVID is a lot of the negative sequelae, the negative effects of it are not due to the virus itself, but due to how the body is trying to fight off the virus. And in that process, causing some different damage. Um, it's a cytokine storm that people were talking about. You know, and so we do right. see those longer term issues but lungs do heal pretty well. That's that was um, my next question. Yeah. Gosh, because I'm thinking, am I doomed yeah. here? You um, know, especially for all my athletic friends or just anybody, somebody mm -hmm. even at home, if you're sedentary or not. Here, I'm an athletic guy. When I got it, I knew day two I had COVID. Mm -hmm. I, I just I've been in the media. I know the 
you know, I knew the signs, the symptoms, and all that good stuff. And I said, yeah. And I, plus, here's the other factor: my kids had it, but they were mm-hmm. like over it like that. Like mm-hmm. it was just like a a 24 hour bug. They had like a cold yeah. symptom. They had fever, and it went away. A little headache. Mine was the headache leading up to it, which I think I had. I, you know, when people say, "How long do you have COVID?" I think realistically, I think I had it for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. But, to, but real, where it really got to the point where it was interfering to the point where I'm like, "Okay, this sucker's laying me down." Mm-hmm. When I got so exhausted, and the gnawing, the annoying cough, mm-hmm. and the chills, the fever that was in the beginning that went away right away. But then, but I never felt like I couldn't breathe to that mm-hmm. point. I just felt like oh, this is annoying, mm-hmm. very annoying. And um, and again, I mean, right now it's not like I'm, you know, if you told me, Bob, let's go run. I ran in the hallways here at the States because it was raining last mm-hmm. night and I was watching the radar. And what I do is a living for uh, weather. But even Dylan, I think you saw me running up and down the hallway. Yeah, and definitely. I did get my 15,000 <laughs> steps and I was like mm-hmm. determined. But I, I did it. I came back and forth. That was my dinner break. Mm-hmm. Just kept zipping, doing figure eights in this building, which you can actually do and, you know, going one end of the back or whatever. And... You know, I, I got done and I said, it's funny, it wasn't as bad if I had ran outside because mm-hmm. that's the... The pollen exposure. There you go. All right. So maybe part of your treatment plan is do figure eights in the building for a okay. bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or run inside. Oh, oh gosh. People are going to look at me. But but you're right. It's, it's interesting. And even swimming. I mm-hmm. swam. I don't have the... That little... Really trying to get that breath mm-hmm. feeling. It's more when I'm outside and I was swimming and I, I swam a mile, 1.2 miles the other day in the gym. And I, I said, okay, I feel feel okay. But that being said, and, you know, we're, we're talking about that even like with COVID. Are there things that we can do preventative to bolster our immune system? And as a naturopathic doctor, you would, you, and I know that I know the answer. I'm just kind of rhetorically mm-hmm. speaking here, obviously for our viewers and listeners, since we are a visual podcast, mm-hmm. by the way, um, what, what is the best approach for someone to say, Hey, look, there, there are people mm-hmm. out there and we talked about this. I know fr- the friends of mine are more, I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. say it. Just friends of mine are very liberal. I'm friends with everybody. And I don't care who you are, what you orient. I don't care. I love everybody. All people are great, but all people have different opinions based on maybe politics mm-hmm. or whatever they choose. But I've seen it on both sides of the aisles when I want to say that I ain't getting that vaccine or mm-hmm. that could be planted in the conspiratorial people. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's those in the middle that say, just get the diagon thing. It's, you know, whatever. And others say, well, it hasn't been tested. Well, you have the immunity, Bob. You know, mm-hmm. so where are we on that? What can we do? Because we want, you can only tell people so much because there are mm-hmm. people you can tell them get it and you can tell people don't get it or whatever. But what can they do if somebody's just, just downright, like not doing anything? Is there something they can do to help themselves before, God forbid, they get Well, number one, prevent. So hand washing, mask wearing in public, you know, the CDC hasn't quite cleared us to be without masks, you know, without vaccines, you know, so the basic things that also help prevent Mm -hmm. flu and other things. Um, And again, this is all because this is also new. There's a lot we don't know, but there are trends that we've seen. And one of the interesting trends that we're seeing really early on was that people with higher levels of vitamin D in their blood had more, less intense COVID symptoms. And it's interesting because as naturopaths, we've always been telling people, and I'm sure I've you had this did. conversation you, with you. In fact, my wife, and I'll, I don't mean to interrupt you, I yeah. just got excited here for a second. <laughs> vitamin D is on the, we have the liquid vitamin D drops. Mm-hmm. I think it's 1,000 I use per drop. Mm-hmm. And it's because you told her to do that years ago because of her, her bone issues. But mm-hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you're, yeah. we, we did do some of that. Yeah, yeah but wonderful, because um, they're seeing that people whose vitamin blood levels of vitamin D was between 60 and 80 nanograms per deciliter um, 
were able to handle the COVID exposure better than people whose vitamin D was lower. Now, the actual reference range, which is kind of that lab normal range for vitamin D is 30 to 100. And a lot of doctors, you know, you're 32, you're 33, you're fine. As naturopaths, you know, we always kind of like, no, well, you're fine is not fine. Like we want you optimized. We want you to make sure that you have plenty of vitamin D for bone health, for immune health. We know vitamin D is critical for immunity, um, for mood, um, all of those things. So I would say if you can get your vitamin D tested, wonderful, and optimize it to 60 to 80, because that is one thing we've seen pretty consistently. Um, there are just the other basic things that support the immune system, including zinc, selenium, vitamin C. Now, a lot of these things were almost impossible to get a year ago, even though we knew mm -hmm. that they were po you know, good because the hospitals were using them or everybody stocked up. Um, there are things like elderberry that have been shown over and over again to help prevent the flu. So again, not getting the flu is going to be useful. Sure, um, right. We don't know for sure how it works for COVID in terms of prevention, but because of the way it works to block the flu virus, there is presumption that it can help with COVID prevention. However, one thing with elderberry that I will say is it might worsen a cytokine storm. So something I've been telling everybody throughout this process okay. is, if you're at all symptomatic, immediately stop elderberry. It's interesting. You, I did hear that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. So people, because we think of elderberry, if anybody is in a natural medicine mm -hmm. like I am and trying to find mm -hmm. ways to make you feel better, vitamin D can boost your mood too a little bit, like you said. Mm -hmm. So those who are, you could tell people who are indoor people when they come in, they're not very happy. Hey, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. You know, they got the curmudgeons. You got, you know, maybe they don't have enough levels of vitamin D. But, but the other side was what you said. You think of elderberry. I was drinking the tea and all that. I did hear that, and I think it was um, at the time I didn't get a chance to call you, but I was talking to my uh, nurse friend that I run with, and mm -hmm. Bob stopped that elderberry. Said, and I, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So that's great. How do we get that information so soon, so quick on a novel virus like that? So when people started coming in and buying a bunch of elderberry, I looked into its mechanism of action and compared it to the mechanism of action of the cytokine storms that were being caused by the COVID and the, and I cannot remember the cytokines. Sorry, I did not prep that. What is a cytokine? A okay, cytokine? so basically what happens with COVID, and again, I'm not a virologist, I'm not an epidemiologist, right. so if I say this wrong, please no, go to the experts. Yeah. But part of the challenge with COVID is the body, you know, um, produces this really intense immune reaction and we call those chemicals cytokines. Okay, cytokines. And what can happen when you have this massive immune reaction is there's some friendly fire, and the immune reaction can damage the kidneys. It can cause blood clots. It can cause all kind of these other things that we're seeing with COVID. Okay. Um, and it does that by pushing certain buttons in the immune system. And those buttons are increasing the immunity against COVID, but in that process causing that friendly fire. Well, elderberry pushes those buttons. Okay, so it's too, too many buttons being pressed for mm -hmm. launching yeah. the, the, the yeah. missile. And so that's kind of what my recommendation has been, you know, take it with the idea that it might be preventative. However, if you're at all symptomatic, immediately stop it. Because okay. um, like similar to some of the information coming out of the UK early, early on in COVID that um, Advil, I think one of the painkillers seemed to worsen the cytokine storm. And so they started okay. recommending that, you know, you not, you know, there are certain painkillers you shouldn't take because it may, if you get COVID, it may make it worse. Elderberry sort of falls into that same, we don't know for sure, but when it gets worse, it's really, really bad. So let's not mess with it. So cytokines, what would be 
Now, let me, could I give you my, I'm not yeah. here, I'm trying to get free advice here, but I'll just tell you what yeah. I do, what I was doing. I, the irony was I was doing not a lot of vitamin D, but I was just doing it because, mm-hmm. because I heard that, and you've told me that, and mm-hmm. Teresa told me, you, know, I said, you remember, you know, this is good for your immune. So I said, eh, you know, I know people at work had it, and my kids had it. Just, mm-hmm. And it took like two, two, almost two and a half weeks after my kids had it. I think it was still in the house, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think, the irony is I don't think I really got it from being outdoors. I was outdoors. I just feel that it's an indoor thing it's in my case, in my mm-hmm. case. Again, I'm not a doctor either. I don't know that. But I just, that's what I feel. But I I took the vitamin D, and I was doing, I started zinc, but very low, like 10 micrograms of zinc, which mm-hmm. is, I know, I now I've learned you can go higher than that, obviously. And C, I wasn't doing much of, but I still w- was doing my prostate stuff that you were telling me, a lot of um, um, quercetin. I was doing mm-hmm. that, like I typically would be part of my regimen. And... Um, uh, I, I'm trying to think. I, I did that, and I was also doing a, a green tea extract mm-hmm. that I do in general for cardiovascular health, that sort of thing. And I talked to my cardiologist here weeks ago about that. And I, I had that stuff going on. Do you think maybe that decreased? Maybe I could have been, you know, I wasn't, I know guys younger than me, just as good health as me, and they were I mean, a lot younger than me. They, they went into hospital, they're getting transfusion, one hand to go on a ventilator. I'm like, what in the deal's going on here? That's a really challenging thing with COVID is that there are things we do know and there are things we don't. And the way that the virus hits our bodies is, you know, healthy people can get very, very ill from COVID. Unhealthy people can barely get ill. And I would guess like children are very, very cute Petri dishes. Mm -hmm. So even though your kids only had symptoms for a couple Mm -hmm. days, they probably were carrying it. Right. So you were exposed over and over again. The way we get sick with anything is really a mix of how much we're exposed to, how weak we are against it, and how strong the thing we're exposed to is. So COVID is very strong. Not the strongest virus out there, but it's very strong. Um, If you are in a small room with somebody with active COVID who's shedding the virus, your exposure amount is big. Or if your kids have it and are shedding it a little bit all the time, and like you said, it's on surfaces and you're just exposed. I believe that's what happened. Your body, you (laughs) you can just be continually exposed enough that it gets in and you talk for a living. Sure. You have, you know, just based on your job, your pharynx, your throat is always going to be a little bit raw because of what you do. Sure. So you have that weakness. So, you know, taking the vitamin D, taking the zinc certainly could have helped you fight it off faster, but you know, sometimes it's not enough to prevent it. Um, or, you know, it just kept it from getting as bad. And that's kind of what we've seen with those is, Maybe a little preventative, but more decreasing how significant your infection is. Decreasing the likelihood of hospitalization, decreasing the likelihood of having to go on a respirator if you're hospitalized, those things. It's scary, you know, and mm. I know that. And and I've told people, too, it's not that I'm I'm definitely not anti-vaccine. I never, when people know me, I'm, I'm trying to be pragmatic in my approach, just mm-hmm. me, that I feel, you know, I, ha- I had it. Um, and, you know, at the same time, you know, there's times I'm really, well, I can tell you this, I'll just be honest. When, when I was in the full-blown COVID mode, I'm like, get that vaccine now and I inject it. Then I started hearing, hey, Bob, you know, you have, you got, you got immunity for three months. How do they know that? But now you're saying it could be even longer? So the way that we know anything about immunity is we can test your antibodies that are flooding around your bloodstream. And that's kind of just a basic vaccine 101. The way vaccines work is whether it's your the measles vaccine you give your kids or the flu vaccine that maybe you take every year or the COVID vaccine is it basically shows your immune system what the thing we want to fight off looks like enough for it to recognize it and mount an immune response. And then when it sees it again, it already has all the specialists. So it's sort of we're building the SWAT team 
and then just putting it on, putting them on guard, waiting to see, in this case, COVID again. Um, if you've had COVID, you know, because you've caught it, your body also builds those antibodies and that SWAT team against COVID. What we don't know with this is how long that SWAT team hangs around until it just gets bored and leaves. Right. Um, so say chickenpox, for example, once you've had chickenpox once, that, an that immunity stays put for a really long time. If you get stressed while you're older or you have nutritional deficiencies, you can get shingles, which is a reemergence of chickenpox. And, yeah. and people should get a shingles. I'm 56. I mm -hmm. probably should get a shingles vaccine yeah. maybe or... Yeah, and I think, again, it's risk-benefit yeah. and what is your immune strength. Yeah. You know, So if you're high-stressed and you know you're low-nutrition or older, so your yeah. immune system is naturally decreasing its functionality, yeah, your risk of shingles is higher, and the hit that shingles can have on your body is greater. Yeah. You know, And with COVID, um, I'm not okay. pro-vaccine across the board, but this right. is one that I'm very pro because I think the risk-benefit is much greater on the benefit side than the risk side, and the risk of COVID is much greater on the risk side than there's no benefit to now, this that we've seen so far. You think possibly you had it. I talked to so many people, uh, Dr. Murphy, that, I mean, going back to December, and, you know, you, know, you, know, you, you got to be so careful with this thing because there's, there's, there's a political element driving some things, of course, we know, yes. unfortunately, and always the good science gets distorted mm -hmm. and distracted, and people, you don't want them to get, you want to stick to the science, and you should be good. But just looking at it, even if this, this is say hypothetically really was December of mm -hmm. 19 and hence COVID-19 because it started over in mm -hmm. China in 19. But 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 people here in the United States are like, hey, you know, I think my niece and nephew are going to go, I can. And they worked at a they work at mm -hmm. they work at an embassy outside the U.S. They were amongst people of different different foreign countries and they had the A classic symptoms of all of it. We were just talking about mm -hmm. this just a couple weeks ago. Now they're they're vaccinated because they're traveling in and out of the country, but they they could swear up and down they had it before. And we are seeing because you know again they can now do backtracing to start testing old blood, mm -hmm. and they're and I don't know how far back they've been able to track it, but they certainly have tracked it back to even the United States earlier than December 2019. Um, you know because it takes a while for something to be identified. But the question you were asking that I never actually answered was, how could you tell if you're still immune? There, yeah. We can do blood tests to see if you have antibodies, and that's how we're able to tell if you've been exposed. The unknown in this situation is we don't know what antibody level protects you. Right. And, um, and I don't know that the tests are that um, specific either. So that is kind of the unknown. But like I said, the research that I looked at fairly recently – was anywhere from three months to eight months of antibody protection if you had an organic infection. Yeah. So mine, I'm pretty sure I had it way back in February um, of 2020. So you had it early. Yeah, you had it in the yeah. beginning. Oh, that's scary because we didn't even hear anything. You didn't know about a vaccine. Yeah, I was actually, yeah. I couldn't even get tested at that yeah. point because we didn't yeah. have tests in right. America real, oh, basically at all. Yeah. Um, but I went to Vegas for somebody's 40th birthday party the week before the shutdown, came back three days later, started with a deep, dry cough um, immediately, like was at work and I was like, I'm coughing. And my business partner was like, out. And I was yeah. like, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, and just my symptoms sort of fit a low grade COVID where I coughed nonstop yeah. for like yes. three days yeah. and then immediately right. got sick with something else. Um, but for me, that was so long ago, you know, it was over a year by the time I even got to the vaccines. I was like, I definitely, whatever <laughs> immunity I had, I'm sure is gone. And I'm seeing patients, you know, I'm yeah. high exposure. So 
for me, it's like, you know, I have to protect myself and everybody I'm with. That makes sense. I, I think that's the logic with all this. It, again, just so people know they're listening, we're, you know, we're not viral, uh, virologists, we're not epidemiologists, mm-hmm. we're not any of these things that are, we're, you know, we're looking at this in a, in a kind of a concrete fashion based on the facts and science that we know how this all works. And somebody like me that has it, um, if I wanted to get a test, I wish there was, like, to me, I think you get more people on board if they had good, accurate antibody tests mm-hmm. to say, yeah, Joe Smith, you got it, and you got enough, you're okay. If, you, if you're someone who's afraid of the shot, you got enough antibodies, you're okay. Hey, you, you don't have any. That may change the mind of somebody to say, mm-hmm. I don't have enough antibodies. You know what? In that case, maybe I will go get it. So what, you know, and without getting to say, because I know that's not your specialty, I'm not going to put you on the seat on that, how RNA works and all that's a whole other topic, but we, I think there's enough information. People can go to the CDC and find mm-hmm. all that out, but it's, it just makes you wonder though. And that, that's been begging the question and, and kind of gnawing at me a little bit. Okay. I eat healthy, do the right things. I do my eat right for my blood type. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to bolster the immune system. Um, had already gone through it. I know there's not a lot of cases of people. I, I, I think there's been cases of people getting COVID twice. Reinfections. And the reinfection seems like it's not as bad as their first mm-hmm. infection. That's that's from what mm-hmm. I'm re- my own personal. Yeah. Is that probably because, true? Because you yeah, because the immune system knows what it's has already right. seen it. And so the vaccine, what it does is it, it gives you extra, extra, extra. That's why they talk about efficacy rate being mm-hmm. better. Is that yeah. fair to say that? Or and I th- again, and we're looking yeah. at this from a community standpoint of how do we, you know, get the entire world back functioning as fast as possible, as safely as possible. Yeah. You know, versus the individual, you know, which is a different priority, definitely, and that's where a lot of the politics comes in. But yeah, the vaccine basically gets your body ready for what to fight off. One of my friends had a great analogy. Oh, go ahead, you can, yeah, I can do that. You, you can <laughs> um, have some water. You're amazing that you haven't had any water yet. Um, but can basically, she compared it to Snapchat. Okay. Where yeah, right. The vaccine there, like right. shows you a picture of you know a cat playing a piano, and then it disappears. <laughs> right. And then you're like, huh, that's interesting. There's a cat playing a piano. And then the next time you see it, you're like, oh, look, there's that cat again. You know, and then the third time you see it, maybe you hate cats and you want to go like, you know, you're going to immediately delete the cat playing the piano picture. Interesting. I like cats. I it's love not your analogies <laughs> today. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Um, and so just to kind of, because there are a lot of crazy things out there about the vaccines, one of them is that it will genetically modify you. Yeah. And Sounds like just, a food, doesn't it? A GMO. Yes. <laughs> um, so do know that the way the vaccine works is it is in no way inserting itself into your DNA. It's literally just showing your DNA how to make something. That, and this is talking the Pfizer and the Moderna yeah. that don't even have any viral particle in them. They just tell the DNA like, hey, make this and that'll trigger the immune system to show it up. Viruses actually do insert themselves into your DNA. That's how they replicate. Right. So if anything's genetically modifying you, it is not the vaccine. So that's just it's was one of the more ridiculous inside, things. Yeah, the virus I've is seen. inside you doing yeah. the real thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's just like again, it's a quick Snapchat of. Yeah. It's a good way of looking you know. at it. Now the people who got the vaccines earlier. That's what I was mm-hmm. wondering about. And we're not even you know they're not even into the boost. Say they they got both vaccines. If we'll use Pfizer and Moderna for example, because those are two shot deals. To, to get you up to the uh, full amount. But let's just say somebody did one from the beginning. And I'm going to say, well, the beginning was um, the first shots came out. I can't, vaccines were, golly, I can't remember um, now. End of 2020? Yeah, I, I, I got to say, was, let's just say they did. So for those people who received that first vaccine of Pfizer, because mm-hmm. they were the first ones on the block, and then Moderna followed. But where are they? Let's just say it, it's already worn off, and yet we're still got people who are not doing it. 
that's what I'm wondering. That's why I'm like so big on this health kick. You know, make sure you keep your immune system mm-hmm. strong for your own benefit, yes. personal. Not saying it's preventative doesn't mean you're not going to still spread it and contract mm-hmm. it or whatever because no one knows that. But what are, I mean, how do how do you play catch up? Because it that, that's the thing that's been burning me. It's like if somebody started there, that time their p- time period is expired. And they're like, well, I don't know if I really need another one. But how do we? The do CDC, this? as far as I know, has not, or the FDA um, has not put out booster recommendations at this point. So I think they're seeing enough immunity from the initial round of vaccinations that it is lasting long enough. Okay, good. Because That's that good. was one of the initial questions is yeah. because, you know, like I said, some viruses you see once and you do have immunity for a long time. That was something they saw pretty early on with COVID was the immunity didn't last as well as they were hoping it would. Um, which again is one of the pushes for vaccination. Um, or again, like if you got measles, unfortunately, you know, if you suffered through that as a child, you're not going to get measles again in general. Like right. you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to be vaccinated for measles. Wish, like I wish here. COVID was like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I haven't seen, and I know that is something they're tracking that, you know, they are expecting probably some sort of booster because of mutations. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen that they're saying, okay, anybody who was vaccinated end of 2020, and your X number of months out, it's time to go back through and get a booster. So we haven't so, seen that yet, yeah. Which is good. good. That means that's the a vaccine, good sign. Yeah. And the other great thing, just as a plus on the vaccine side, that's better than they expected is they are really seeing um, over and over again that if you're vaccinated, and I still recommend you follow the CDC guidelines in right. terms of mask wearing, yeah. but it seems like you are basically um, you're not going to spread COVID because your immune system is strong enough that even if you do get it, it keeps the viral load low enough that yeah. you don't have enough going back out to spread it to somebody else. So that's an amazing thing that was that not is, expected with the okay, vaccine. That's very interesting. Okay, that's good. And that's that why they're extent. saying you can get back together if you mm-hmm. both are vaccinated kind of thing, that so. sort of thing. But then, no, that does that, that that's good information. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I mean, coming, getting your perspective on it was good because you're able to simplify the science a little bit for mm-hmm. our listeners and viewers out there, um, even though I know that's not what you do every day. Mm-hmm. But getting back to, you know, in our last few minutes here, <laughs> uh, I want to make sure we touch everything on you. You do so much in terms of with, even with cancer patients to help boost immunity, immune system, make people feel better. I got to tell you, when you take this approach, you can get through life very mm-hmm. well, and it's great to eat healthy, mm-hmm. eat right for your blood type kind of thing, mm-hmm. as we've been talking about. Get those tests, folks. If mm-hmm. you're out there, if you're interested, talk to your doctor and, mm-hmm. and you know find somebody who knows or look up a naturopathic doctor that's mm-hmm. in your in your area locally here in the Columbus Phoenix city of Chattahoochee Valley you know east west central Alabama east central Georgia's elements natural medicine is one in particular and um, and I've known since the beginning when you started at little house in mm-hmm. uh, front street it was a historic district in mm-hmm. um, Columbus Georgia and but it, it really makes a difference because there's different things you can do you know I, you know for prostate health I even have a regiment that I do that you have given me for that I I Honestly, my PSA levels have been great. I kind of maintain it. But I believe, again, if you control your bad inflammation, let's be specific, because mm-hmm. there's some good inflammation, but when it gets when the water fills up too much, as you mm-hmm. described, I, I look closely at that, and I know when to stop. I do go see my, my uh, urologist, mm-hmm. medical doctor, once a year, do the uncomfortable finger wave, I'll <laughs> say, just be blunt here, and they'll do that, plus the blood test, and they look, and they go, Bob, hey, you're, you're, you're looking pretty darn good, guy better than what I was prior to that. Mm-hmm. So I can attest to, you know, keeping inflammation under control through natural medicine is mm-hmm. good. And then, of course, there's times, like you said, the fire is burning out of control. I, I got napalm going on. I need something to put it out fast so I get that fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. I take my 
you know, my, my medicine. I, I'll take mm-hmm. something that's more of a not naturopathic and I go the other way and then I have to drift back. So it's a great compliment. Yeah. Is there anything I'm leaving out on that statement? I would say nothing you're leaving out, but one of the things that we do work with a lot that also plays a role in inflammation and a lot of chronic illness and just chronic blah is stress. And that's true. stress affects your ability to fight off innate inflammation because cortisol, your main stress hormone, is anti-inflammatory um, or it will turn into corticosteroids in your body. Mm-hmm. But if you're stressed, you're not doing that. And so that's one of the big pieces that we work with. With I would say gut health and stress are the two things we address with every single person that comes in. And number three being inflammation. Um, but you have to fix those first two to fix inflammation. So that's another you know thing that we know that if you're more stressed, you're more likely to get a chronic illness. You're more likely to get sick in general. Um, so and there are hormone imbalances where just taking doing some self care isn't always enough to repair that. So that would be another big piece that if you just can't get over the hump of feeling well or you're dragging through every single day and you're just you know you get home and you want to play with your kids but you just don't have it in you. You know, it'd be another time to see a naturopath, um, us if you're in town, but somebody else if you're listening from afar, and really, you know, get your adrenals, get your stress hormones re-regulated and reboosted, because that's a key to feeling great for the rest of your life. Thank you so much, our naturopathic doctor here today in the Bob Jeselt Show, Dr. Brenna Murphy from Elements Natural Medicine in the Columbus, Georgia area. Wonderful, invaluable information. It doesn't stop here because we're going to put a link right here on this podcast play zone if you're watching this after the live uh, presentation. So again, we thank you so much for joining us today. You, you, you've done wonderful. And I want to thank everybody at home for watching and listening to the show. You can reach full episodes, of course, as always on WRBL.com. Every Wednesday, this is 7 Eastern Standard Time, 6 Central, and of course, 5 uh, Mountain and Pacific Time. You're three hours behind. Watch the next day replays in the podcast play zone and coming soon you can find full episodes on demand on apple audible and spotify and also free to connect with me on twitter and instagram at b jeswell wrbl and on facebook at b bob jeswell wrbl and don't forget about that snapchat when the kitty cat starts playing the piano then the next time i just see the kitty cat and the next time what is that cat <laughs> great analogies by dr brenna murphy thank you so much that'll do it for us tonight and you and remember always take it off thyself And one way to do that is to give back to community and, of course, live healthy, feel good about yourself, get rid of the stress. By golly, life is good if you do just that. See you next week.